Welcome everyone to the Almost Cancelled TV News Podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always is Connor. Yeah, fresh from work. <laughs> That's why you're in such a good mood, is it? I, I, I got home like half an hour ago. Yes, and it, it was a late night. Aye. Well, yeah, we're almost at 5am uh, <laughs> recording right now. So, uh, mm. when you're listening to this tomorrow, when it goes up, uh, just, you know, be grateful. Have sympathy. <laughs> Have sympathy to sure. Uh, no, but yes. I'm not expecting sympathy from you, don't worry. Oh, okay. Oof. Yeah, there was a fat chance of that happening. Uh, but welcome to the show, everyone. We got renewals, cancellations. We got a lot of cancellations this week, actually. Uh, we got new that shows. To... Here, I guess. Yeah, we got new shows to talk about, and we got uh, all sorts of shenanigans to get into. Uh, so we'll get into that uh, in just a moment. Uh, just before we get into the actual news, though, I just want to say I've been rewatching Stranger Things. Uh, I just finished season one today and watched the first episode of season two. It's been interesting to go back and revisit it. I have to say. Does it hold up? Yeah, it holds up. It's it's interesting going back though, because obviously certain characters. Steve's the one that mainly that I'm thinking of, who kind of became like from season two onwards. Yeah, yeah. but became like the like who we like him as in season two. So it's interesting. I was like, oh, how am I going to feel watching season one again with his? And he still plays the role he's playing in season one. So it's not like he's suddenly better. But the but there is kind of this like ah, I know he's going to get better. So you know, you just kind of. Go with it. Uh, I will say, by far the worst thing in season one of Stranger Things is Jonathan. Um, and maybe if you'd asked me or pushed me for a response at the time, I'd have, I'd have landed in him if I thought about it. But I think watching it this again this time, like you know, he's really trying to do the the moody, sensitive, really character. Yeah, uh, it's a little bit of a caricature. Whereas everyone else feels very natural in the roles, he comes off a little bit more just kind of two dimensional. But uh, I mean, it's a minor quibble. Like this, the, the, the season does by and large hold up very well. I will say seasons two and three does have a lot more monster action. So season one does feel a little bit more stripped back by comparison compared to the, the season one. Legends. Again, it's, it's I haven't watched it since it came out. So memory, it's it's more about the the, the mystery, right? Like, kind, like, kinda, like, yeah. The investigation, a... what's going on? Yeah, and I think there is kind of an element of going back and because you know where it goes and there's been so much fun stuff once they know more, uh, that that little, that little sort of thing does kind of hinder it a little bit on a repeat viewing, um, but it's interesting. I'm actually I'm really excited about season two because I, I watched the first episode and I, I think it occurred to me as I was watching the first episode of season two is that a lot more of season two I think for for whatever reason ha- has faded in my memory compared to one and three. Um, obviously I remember a lot of the broad strokes, but there's a lot of little things going into season two that I didn't remember. Like, I didn't remember that Steve and Nancy were actually still a couple going into season two. I'd forgotten that that was a thing then. Uh, I'd forgotten a couple of little details from the season one finale and the season two opener. So I'm actually quite excited to see uh, season two play out again. Um, Well, this time next week, I'll be interested to see if you still hold the same controversial opinion about a certain season two episode. Oh, sure, yeah. See if, you've, uh, see if you've changed over the years. Yeah. I think my opinion of season two when we reviewed it when it came out was uh, it's not as consistent as season one, but the highs are higher. And my feeling going into it now after watching season one again is that I think I'm going to have the same opinion because I'm really excited about some of the... Ha- like, I know some of the big stuff that's coming in the, the later episodes of the season and I'm super excited about it. Uh but yeah, I completely forgot that the reporter character doesn't even show up until season two. He's like a new addition. 
mm. in season two, episode one. Yeah. I knew Max was a season two character because it was very memorable, like her and her brother coming out of the show. But oh, that was a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, all that stuff, the arcade, that's all you know. Start of season two. Um, the Ghostbusters bit's not in season episode one though. That wasn't in the first episode. I, that's presumably in the next one or two. So. Yeah. Must be, yeah. Uh, again, obviously, memorable bits. That was like that pretty sure that was in the trailer as well, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was in the trailer. Well, yeah. I mean, the costume was in the trailer, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I, I thought I'd give a little bit of a report on rewatching and that. Uh, since I don't tend to rewatch shows too often, uh, I tend to favor just watching movies that I've not seen before. But once in a while, it's it's, it's worth doing. So if I'm rewatching TV shows, nine times out of ten, it's a sitcom. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I do rewatch sitcoms a lot more because they're just sort of comfort food. Um, but once in a while, I like to make time. And with Stranger Things coming back, it's been such a long gap. I wanted to because I kind of wanted to rewatch one and two before three, and I never found the time to. So it's been such a long gap since three that I thought, no, I'm definitely doing it before four. Especially since four and five feel like they're going to be a two part finale this of sorts. So I thought, mm. not not that I was going to be confused by anything in the new season, but it was just nice to have a refresher about you know. Uh, you know, Dr. Brenner and all that stuff and, you know, kind of just get, get all that back in my head. So I've, I've kept this as spoiler late as possible. Yeah. Uh, I don't know it. if I will rewatch it. I could, I could probably force myself to find the time. Mm-hmm. But I find it easier just to watch short episodes, like 20 minute episodes. Not necessarily sitcoms I'm watching anime lately or Doctor Who. Like old classic Doctor Who, which are like 20 minute, 25 minute episodes. I find it easier to put one of those on and then, or maybe I'll put a second one on if I feel like it afterwards, as opposed to committing myself down to 40 minutes or more likely in the case of a Netflix show, closer to an hour these days. Hmm. Yeah. But I had a good time. Uh, I'll report back and however far I get uh, by next week. Uh, it took me a bit, well, I say it took me about a week and a half, I started about a week and a half ago. Uh, hmm. And that's where I am now. Uh, but there's been a couple of these where I've watched too, so obviously there's days that I've not watched any because I've been busy, but, you know. I make it do I've got about a month now to do... You've got more than enough time, given yeah. where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only 25 episodes total, and I've already done nine, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're good. We're, we're, we're doing fine. Uh, but yeah, so... Cool. How are we getting yours, then? Let's talk about yeah. stuff that's going on. Unless you've got anything you wiped off your chest. No, well, I've mainly been watching anime. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's not about that. Let's just get to the news. Very briefly, the two <laughs> new season animes I've been watching: Spy Family, which is a spy assassin and a psychic daughter, adopted family, a lot of fun, and uh, Aoashi, which is a football slash soccer for the Americans anime, also very fun. It's sports anime. A football anime. It's like you're just picking yeah, things that it's I from would... the same people who did. Uh, is it Haikyuu? The the volleyball one, which was pretty. Why are you asking me? Is that I'm final? asking you. Uh, more more rhetorical. More maybe to the audience. Yeah, they might know. The volleyball anime. Uh, would you believe that I have not watched any volleyball animes? Hey, hey, it's pretty well regarded. You you might have done. How do I know? <laughs> you knew fine well. Uh, you definitely go away at night and watch, watch a little sports anime in the, in the corner. Uh, Secret. Uh, hiding that behind the porn, the really embarrassing porns in front yeah, of yeah. in front of the uh, the sports animes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, quick, geez. quick, fill the Playboys on top. <laughs> All right, let's get to the TV news. Uh, Star Wars renewals and cancellations. A couple of renewals aren't particularly notable to us, but uh, felt worth mentioning. Blue Bloods has been renewed for season thirteen at CBS. What? 
I know. I remember the start. I remember it being advertised. Uh, it must have been around 2011-ish, um, given that it's been renewed for season 13. But, um, yeah, you know what? If nothing else, I'm happy Tom Selleck's had that really nice, steady, probably pretty decent paycheck for over a decade now. Do you know what? CBS are, probably speaking objectively, the biggest of the, you know, the, the basic networks. They get the highest probably... audience for most of their shows. Right, yeah. which means they probably get the most from advertising and can pay their bankable stars in, you know, in their long-running shows. A pretty decent paycheck, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, he definitely did not sign a 13-year deal when he started the show. So at some point, you know, probably after five seasons, maybe six or seven, he got a pay rise that was significant to keep him around. And he had a name going in, so he probably managed to get a pretty decent starting package compared oh, for to sure. some others that you get on these shows. Oh, yeah, he definitely had a higher pay than anyone else when the show started, and probably still does, I imagine. Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Which, fair enough. Yeah, uh, so that's still that's still kicking. Uh, and then another renewal we had, which I hadn't even heard of this show, but it's uh, Isla Fisher and Josh Gad and a show called Will Flight Me. It's a, it's a comedy. Well, it had six episodes, but it was a comedy uh, on Peacock, which uh, came out in January. Uh, and it's been renewed for season two. I've not heard of it, but six episode comedy. Are we sure it's not a British show? Uh, I mean, I've heard Isla Fisher do a Scottish accent before, so I mean, but Josh Gad's pretty American. It is. I've I've just made a joke of how we 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 tend to love the six episode sitcom. Aye, but this is the Peacock era. <laughs> oh, the, the, this is this is where they they they're bringing it in. You know, they're like ah ha. Those Brits, they're doing it right. Let's do the six-episode sitcoms. I th- I, no, six episodes is too short for a sitcom. I've always hated the British sitcoms that are good I, only I'm have not six defending episodes. It. I'm not saying it's the right choice. I'm just saying that is... I mean, don't get deal. me wrong. The The upside is, is that typically you have the one writer who does all the episodes, and that's the, the upside to it. But the downside is, is that even a show that lasts five years only has like 20 episodes. <laughs> and that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and also... They're not yearly, are they? Let's be honest. British TV does no. not subscribe to seasons in the same... Uh, there's a reason, you know, over here they're called series and not seasons because they don't adhere to a TV season in the same way. It's more no. just a... You, you'll get one when you get one, you know, maybe every 18 months, maybe every two years. Who knows? Just just whenever. Aye. Anyway, that's been renewed, so there you go. Uh, cancellations, though. we got a lot more of those. So let's start with the one that uh, you know, well, kind of hit the hardest in some ways, and that is Legends of Tomorrow has been cancelled at the CW after seven seasons. It did not get a final season. They did not know it was his final. In fact, I looked it up. It ended on a cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, there is the possibility they will do some sort of cameo episode and something else to like wrap up the cliffhanger. But I mean, mm. you know, that's a shame. I'll still probably watch. I've got a couple of seasons to go back and watch, and I'll probably still enjoy it. I mean, so do I. I think I have three seasons to go back and like just watch. I have to admit, though, knowing that it ends with a cliffhanger with no definitive ending does sour a teensy bit. Not that I think it'll matter like for most of Maybe it. Maybe but... a tiny amount, but because of what the show is anyway, I can kind of look past it, I guess, a little bit more than, than I would mm. with some other shows. Yeah, uh... 
Well, there's definitely like three or four characters in this photo that I do not recognize. So clearly, there's been some additions over the over the last couple of years. Um, yeah, it's as it weird for CW. Obviously, the big elephant in the room right now is that this, this Warner Discovery merger just happened, and these things that might seem a little out of character for the CW to do might because of that. Like you know, this mm. may be a direct effect of. Warner Discovery with the new management people in places may not want as many superhero shows. They may not want, at least not them on network TV. I was going to say they might want to consolidate them into yeah. HBO Max a bit more. Yeah, there was talk a couple of weeks ago about them wanting a, a Feige like figure to oversee like DC's entertainment and all that. I don't want to get into speculating and all that, but it, that would sort of lead onto a knock on effect of these existing things that maybe, unless they're doing particularly well, or or maybe it's just lucky for the Flash that it had already been renewed for a special like ninth season and it's still coming back for at least it, one more. It, it feels like it could be a similar situation to what we had with the Marvel shows on Netflix, mm. where yeah, they kind of they ran the course, they got the seasons that they were kind of contractually obliged to, but once things you know, once they made that decision to, well, in that in their case it was Disney Plus. Once they made that decision that this was happening. Kind of like a, no, no more of those now. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I say, the why I'm speculating specifically about this uh, Discovery, this Warner Discovery thing, uh, I'm so used to saying the new name, Warner Discovery is the company now. That's horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, you still, th I mean, obviously the movie studio is still Warner Brothers, you still think of it as that, but the, we're, we're talking about the greater thing, it's Warner Discovery. Um, what's, you know, interesting about it is, one, it's out of character for CW not to at least sort of say, oh, you're getting one last 10 episode season to go, especially for the longer running shows. But this is not the only casualty today. Mm -hmm. uh, they also cancelled Batwoman after its third season. Now, this one happened first, the cancellation. This was a few hours earlier. And when I saw that, I went, you know, because of the whole recasting controversy at the end of season one, going into season two, there's an argument to be made that it was kind of hindered. Maybe the writing had been on the wall for a while. Maybe the fact that it even got to a third season was kind of impressive, given all the, the weird stuff I, around I it. I can buy that maybe its figures were lower. Yeah. Um. So I wasn't necessarily jumping to any conclusions with that on its own. But then Legends came into it. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure Legends does worse than Flash. It almost definitely does. Uh, but it, it was like, okay... This is extremely out of character for CW now to be just cancelling things willy-nilly like this. Now, admittedly, if they're getting rid of these because they're really feeling good about this Babylon 5 reboot for next season, then yes. <laughs> I'll that, are they down to just Flash now, then? And well, Superman and Stargirl. I forgot about that. Stargirl's a weird one because that's obviously a summer show. Yeah, it's a little bit separate, yeah. Uh, Superman... I mean, it's not been renewed for next year, I don't think, yet, but it's not been cancelled. <laughs> so <laughs> That's that's true, yeah. And they're developing uh, two other shows right now, so there's still going to be a bouquet of shows, but... What happened with, um... Naomi? Oh, yeah, that. I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's been cancelled or anything yet. No. I, I, just, I, just, I just hadn't thought of that yet. But, um... I'll be honest. After the first episode aired, I just didn't see anything about it at all on on my Twitter release. Like these other shows, I still see the odd and, thing. Yeah, that there. was the other thing about Bat uh, Batwoman is that they're actually developing another show called Gotham Knights that kind of feels like oh, that's just going to replace that anyway. That's why this has been cancelled. So that was another C thing. CW or HBO Max that one? Uh, CW actually, I think, oh, okay. if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, so you have that. You have the Diggle one where he's training like college students to be heroes mm. or something. Um, now, admittedly, maybe these things won't actually go through anymore because okay, of all this. Obviously, a lot of those were just pilot orders, right? So yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll see. 
So we'll see what they what they do. Um, it, I mean, this could be less a creative change in direction and just a harsher. Oh, they're not successful enough. Now, now the line to stay afloat is a little bit tougher at CW than it was, and that's why these have been cut. Rather than we're getting away from doing superhero shows, they just have to do better. It could be that. That's possible, yeah. Uh, but regardless, it, it's kind of funny because obviously we have kind of largely just left them behind. You know, we left them behind at Crisis. That that was kind of our finale of sorts for the whole thing, and. Legends stings a little bit because that was a really good show, but by and large, I don't really care what's happening to these shows now. Yeah, um, looks to say it, but yeah. So you know, I, you know, that, uh, I'm not necessarily. I'm, obviously, a lot of people just lost a job. That's that's just, that sucks. But other than that, like, I don't really care that much about the actual shows, uh, except Legends, which I do like and I do plan on watching those last three seasons at some point when I'm in the mood. But yeah, oh. it's it's an easy watch, Legends, or at least it always was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no idea if they maintain the quality, but at least the four seasons we watched, uh, well, three of those four seasons were really good anyway. <laughs> First one yeah. sucked, but the two to the four were great. Uh, as, as you know, and I've got no reason to assume that that changed afterwards. I didn't hear anything, anyone talking about it getting any worse or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So I also didn't hear anyone talking about it at all, but. I, I, did, I still see the odd thing about it. I know there was actually, like, um, in the last few weeks, there was a whole fan campaign to try and get it renewed, oh, which right, obviously okay. fell through. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go very well. I did see a lot of, like, um, the actors kind of sharing out tweets of, like, you know, experiences on the show and, you know, how they'd love to do more, that sort of stuff. The usual. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, obviously, things shaking up at the CW a little bit, and maybe that's a good thing, maybe. And it's entirely possible that they won't be replaced with anything we actually want to watch anyway. Uh, the only thing of note like that I mentioned already was the Babylon 5 reboot, which is not coming this coming season. They pushed it to next pilot season, which does sound quite bad, but the uh, JMS did speak about how there's some people working at the CW who are really positive about it. They're just wanting to give it to... Oh. They just need the space to have more Riverdale and powerful girls. Because <laughs> uh, keep, keep, keep in mind, they, they do have Nancy Drew. They have the Nancy Drew spinoff coming with the guy. Uh, they have Riverdale. Uh, they did another Riverdale spinoff, if I remember right. It's not a Sabrina one or something. Oh, Sabrina was on Netflix. That's already happened. Yeah, I know, but are they not doing something with Sabrina in a spinoff on CW again now? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. So much going I on. I genuinely thought they were, although I could be completely yeah. wrong and they've still got roswell walker texas ranger and they've got uh dynasties uh, that's still somehow that's still going. going yeah so they've clearly <laughs> they've got a lot of other things to fill the schedule um but it does uh you know i, I do wonder if they're going to try and up their prestige a little bit their network so probably not but it's wishful thinking the reality is well maybe, maybe this has changed with new management but mm. up until then think they knew their audience sure as much as it's not for us for the most part i, I think there, there is clearly an audience for that and they know who it is and there's a reason their shows much like we mock cbs right like they have a oh they have a type oh of yeah, a show. yeah 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 their audience laps it up and i think the same is true with most of the cw shows that well, from, you know from what i know of them from the rest of the things i just said i do think the superhero ones clearly peaked and have been on a decline and not just because we start watching them i feel like less people talk about them uh mm -hmm. you know there's definitely less impact from them seen on the internet 
So, you know, there was a time when we had... can't like, keep up with those crazy Riverdale headlines. <laughs> well, no, but there was a time when there was like six concurrent shows all connected yeah. running at the same time. You know, I mean, they weren't on literally the same weeks because you what you know, two would share a slot. like but, four or five a week. Yeah. Uh, so, clearly those days might be a little over, maybe. You know, maybe it'll, it'll be only ever three a week at most, just because... I think it's notable that the newer shows they've had have tended to not feel so connected. Hmm. I mean, uh, even Superman and Lois, which allegedly the claim still is somehow. Apparently they're addressing that this season, which means they might throw a little swerve and... Right, but it hasn't felt... It's felt pretty separate. Yeah. Stargirl obviously has its own circumstances, but is fundamentally separate. Naomi's yeah. separate. Yeah. So that, that's probably why there's less talk about them, because they have to stand on their own rather than being this interconnected behemoth. Yeah, I mean, it says a lot that when I did the pilot vote on Patreon for, like, like it was January, Naomi got, like, no votes. No one cared about me checking out the pilot for Naomi, Naomi and reviewing it. Uh, the interest in those types of shows. The, the only reason I know it came out and existed was because I saw comic creators mm. on Twitter, like a, like Black Bendis, going, hey, look, this is a thing, it's real now. And, like, you know, good for them, obviously, but... That that is about the only the, the only time I saw anything about it. Online. Yeah, the only reason why I'm even kind of paying attention to the CW is because I do like the idea of a new Babylon Five with JMS at the helm. Okay. Um, it does feel like it'd be a better fit HBO Max to be honest, but at the same time, like maybe he just wants more episodes. <laughs> He'd get more episodes at the CW. So you know, it was meant to be a five season saga in the first place, and if he wants to reimagine it, and he's, he's an old school writer as well, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. He, he might want it that way. He made very well. Uh, and there's the odd clunker in the original Babylon 5, but by and large, he used a lot of those episodes uh, well. So, I mean, uh, very curious, uh, but um, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, so Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman both uh, done. And of course, I already saw someone, uh, that famous photo of Grant Gustin uh, posing next to the gravestone, and mm-hmm. someone's put in... Arrow, Supergirl, all the shows that have cancelled with their years, and Grant Gustin just posing next to it because the Flash is still going. Look, <laughs> I have a lot of bad things to say about that show, <laughs> but that is a good meme, and I am glad it exists. It's an amusing meme. I, I will, I will give it that. Uh, all right, more cancellations. We're going to be Netflix now, though. Space Force has been cancelled after two seasons, which seems to be Netflix's magic number these days. It- Used to be three, so <laughs> and now you don't even get a third and final season to wrap things up. You just cancel. This is not surprising, given all the recent Netflix news. Apparently, they've like their their animation department has been trashed. Well, they had the first ever uh, what lost for a quarter, I believe. Was that something? Yeah, they're they're uh, again unsubstantiated right now, but they're they're looking into maybe doing or, uh, an advertising tier. I, I, sh- I should hold on. I should I should rephrase that. The first ever like decrease in subscribers, I think, per, for a quarter, not a loss, because they've technically all been operating at a loss the entire time, I believe. But this... oh yeah, they are debt riddled. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've never even tried this show. It didn't look very good. Uh, I remember watching the trailer and being like, mm, maybe not. Yeah, and then speaking of that, uh, Netflix that is, and then speaking of two seasons, Raising Dion has been cancelled after two seasons as well. Yeah, I'm not too sad about that one. I mean, season one was okay. It was fine. It was, yeah, it was yeah, watchable. It was fine. But, yeah. Well, uh, so, 
it honestly is it is getting to a point now where you really can't trust any netflix show to like be worth investing in because they're cancelling everything left and right like there's only a few key things that seem to be safe from it yeah yeah i i think that is just a case of these shows that they're, that they're cancelling right now they were still yeah, they 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 were borrowing a lot of money because they because they because of the subscriber growth they could, so they looked expensive. They were expensive. I think the ones you will see now, going forward, will either be the expensive shows they're confident in, and you will probably get a few seasons out of them, like things like The Crown, or they'll be cheaper shows and they'll probably be able to run longer to compensate. Do you know what this is? This, this, the now decline of Netflix and its popularity because there's rival streaming services and their price keeps going up and they're making really mediocre original content by and large. This is all karma for cancelling the OA. So, sorry Netflix, yeah. but, you know, um, if you die, you die. <laughs> at, at least we got all three seasons of Dark. That's true, yes. I am, I am pleased we got the complete story of Dark. I'm glad that Stranger Things will get to finish off in its proper terms. But, uh, yeah, by and largely, Netflix is a... There was, there, was a, there was a golden period for about two years, 2016, 2017, where almost every other week there was some interesting original show start. Whether it would be Mindhunter, The OA, Travelers, there was just things constantly. Yeah, you had those, Dark, 3%, um... Kingdom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of like good things. Like e even if not like everything was the best show ever. Like there was a lot of like oh no, this is worth watching. Yeah. Um. There, there's there's been the odd like import or something that's been worth watching since. But by and large, a lot of the original content has been. I mean, hell, they even decided not to keep making Mystery Science Theater. They had to go back to Kickstarter, which luckily was very successful. They're doing a season thirteen, which is all self-funded. Do you know what one of their most successful departments is? The cancellation department. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> uh, but genuinely, uh, anime. Their anime. Uh, department is like one of their only things that is <laughs> profitable, so to speak. You know, in terms of its metrics and well, the amount it pulls in, because it because 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 weebs will pay <laughs> essentially. Yeah, you know, if you offer it, the weebs will come. Yeah, and you know, Netflix as time goes on, it's losing a lot of its third party content, so it's it's getting into a really rough place now, where it's more expensive than almost every other streaming service, but has fewer and fewer content seemingly worth watching because at least when you go to hbo max or you go to disney plus regardless of what you think of those libraries they do have decades and decades of movies that they were making before the streaming service that is bound to have at least some worthwhile things included in them so yeah there's a whole the whole thing here and you know even amazon you know they, they, them buying mgm like you know part of that is to Again, bolster that that content library. Hey, they they made a big deal about hey, all the Bond movies are coming to Prime, and I know you're not a Bond fan, but it is objectively a big selling point. Like that will almost guarantee some people will sign up at at some point because they because hey, I'll watch the Bond movies. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm you know you know me, I'm firmly in the camp of uh, pay a little per movie to get that in better quality. But yeah, for for people who that's not the reality of most people. Um, Yes. And, I mean, Amazon's streaming, but it's not terrible. It's not great, but it's better than some of the others. 
their HD is better than Netflix. Although Netflix's 4K is better than Amazon's 4K. Mm. It's, it's, it's a weird yin and yang. Disney Plus is actually very good. Uh, it is, yeah. It's bested only by Apple TV Plus, which is like... Do you know, Apple TV, this is actually almost like... This is funny. I always praise... And this is only if you're watching an Apple TV device, admittedly. Make that clear. But if you're watching Apple bought content, so movies, TV shows, on an Apple TV device, it is by far the best digital stream quality you can get. However, their original content as part of Apple TV Plus has an even higher bit rate <laughs> than the, the bot content does. Uh, their original shows stream at like 40 meg per second. <laughs> Why Ted Lasso looks fantastic. It does. It looks phenomenal. Uh, it, it, do you know what that, that part of that is? is why, um, there's a, there was a whole thing of people thought Roy Kent was a, a CGI creation because it just doesn't look... Because he has a just a, a just a slightly off facial structure and then with the way they light that show and then the higher than usual bitrate that most people are used to, you know they're not used to seeing mm. people were like he's not a real person he's a cg i think yeah uh, i mean it's not that much more than the stuff you buy on the store but it's a little bit higher it's the highest that has been that i have seen reported of any yeah. uh, also video streaming go watch ted lasso if you haven't oh yeah by all means we'll watch ted lasso and Severance, if you're on there with Ted Lasso, you may as well watch Severance as well, which is also on Apple TV+. Plus. I've so. not watched it yet. T -t Too much watching sports anime, clearly. You sickened me. Hey, hey, Ted Lasso, football anime, is basically the same thing. Ted Lasso could be a sports anime. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, alright. <laughs> So, uh, we got we got a premiere date. We got one premiere date uh, for a H HBO show uh, called Irma Vep, which is a limited series based on Oliver Asias. I can't say his name properly, to be honest. Uh, Asias? Yeah, Asias. I'll go with Asias. Oliver Asias. His 1996 feature film uh, starred Alicia Vikander. Uh, the new show starred Alicia Vikander, not the 1996 film. Just to make that clear. I was going to say, that would be weird. <laughs> she was probably pretty, pretty young in 1996. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure she's younger than me, and I was seven in 1996. Yeah, I, I think she's <laughs> not too far off my age. Yeah, yeah. So she'd be like two or three or something like that, yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so he's, he's doing a, a limited series based on his own movie. It's going to debut on HBO on the 6th of June, which is a Monday. Uh, probably taking that We Own the City slot, because that'll be wrapping up just before then, I think. Uh, so, yeah. And it's going to be available on HBO Max as well, of course, as all the HBO content is. Uh, so written and directed by Asaius, uh, Armour Vep centers on Mira, played by Vikander, an American movie star disillusioned by her career and her a recent breakup, who comes to France to star as Irma Vep in a remake of the French silent film classic Les Vampires. Uh, set against the backdrop of a lurid crime thriller, Mira struggles as, as the distinctions between herself and the character she plays begin to blur and merge. Irma Vep reveals to us the uncertain ground that lies at the border of fiction and the reality, artifice, and authenticity of art and life. Ooh. Ooh. I, f I feel like, I mean, it was very fruity when I said it, but I feel like professional and personal was in there. <laughs> I, I think it was as well. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of things, I, I will drink in a, in a moment, yes. but just I will give my thoughts. By all um, means. I, I've not seen uh, the uh, original stuff that this is based on, but 
Mm-hmm. I've seen this idea in you know in various media. Yeah, you know, that that theme, um, that that specific story of you know losing themselves in the. I mean, was a black swan. See, is, is a pretty similar example, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I'm I'm very open to. That, that sounds interesting. And uh, just one other point, uh, Alicia Vikander is older than you. Oh, really? Yeah. She's Oh, only one year older, but still. I've, I've, I know, but still. Well, she looks great. What, what can I say? I thought she was younger. Uh, uh, that is the least surprising thing you have said all night. <laughs> Actually, one of the photos here in the article for this, uh, she's got like a cat suit on with heels, and she's on like a rooftop, and she's not got a mask, but she's got like a like a full face open balaclava, and I'm like, it looks like she's auditioning for Catwoman, to be honest. <laughs> Faithful Towers in the background, it's, it's got like a, a real sort of oh, cat thief. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see a little very, very small thumbnail of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very Catwoman-esque. But, uh... That role's wrapped up for a few years, I'm afraid. So she's going to have to wait. Uh, so we got some general things. This is mostly some casting stuff and some other tidbits before we get to the the the, the, the in-depth new show stuff. Uh, so there was a story a week or two ago about Frank Langella being booted from the fall of House of Usher uh, because yes. of allegations. Uh, he has been replaced. Bruce Greenwood has replaced him in the role. So a uh, pretty decent actor to, to slot in, I would say. Didn't take him long. No, you may know him as Pike, not on the new Star Trek shows, but in the 2009 film series. Yep. So, but he obviously, he's done all this stuff. That's just the first thing that came in my mind when I heard his name. So, yeah, eight episode limited series based on uh, the works of Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, obviously, it was a famous movie with uh, Vincent Price uh, from the 60s, which you may or may not have seen. I have not, but I'm familiar with the works of Poe. So, well, I have seen it because, you know. Uh, it's called Cinema, sweetheart. And and you're a sucker. <laughs> I'm a sucker. <laughs> you see, it went, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I've definitely got to see that one. I, I'm a sucker because I sought out a Vincent Price box set and thought I'm going to work through these bad boys. Yeah, yeah, okay. you're a sucker. All right. Uh, next up was, I know you're, you care about these Walking Dead news stories, so here's a... How is there more? Well, it's not on your show, at least. Uh, this is just a story that uh, one of the spin-offs, which is meant to be the uh, the the Daryl and Carol spin-off, it will now just be Daryl because the actress who plays Carol has decided to exit before it starts. She wants to take a break for whatever reason, and uh, it's just going to be a Daryl spin-off now uh, with Norman Reedus. Two thoughts. Yes. One, they definitely only paired them off as a spin-off because their names rhyme. <laughs> Two, if you got to have one character to hide, you know, to to carry a spin-off on their own, it, it would have been him, right? Well, there's another spin-off with other characters, but yeah, sure, yeah, there's yeah. yeah but if yeah. you've got if you've got to have one character carrying, you know, a spin-off entirely on their own, not like mm. oh yeah, we'll pair them up, we'll split them into smaller groups. I know, just one on their own, it, it probably would have been him, wouldn't it? Like the whole yeah. Time. Apparently, there was uh, some toxicity uh, online. Some fans were blaming Norman Reedus for her leaving the show when seemingly it was just her choice on her own, so I don't know why. Uh, okay. the, only reason, the only reason why I even know that is because there was an article with the actor who plays Negan, uh, what's his face from all the things, Supernatural and Watchmen and stuff. Um, he basically put out a statement saying, you know, about the toxic fandom and saying, no, 
like give him a break. It's nothing to do with him. <laughs> like an actor made a personal choice not to take a project, and that's it. Mm. So, uh, they thought maybe he scared her off or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what they thought, but I'm yeah. assuming this has come from nothing except someone's random tweet. Oh, for sure. Uh, so yeah, this is Melissa McBride has exited the spinoff. So now it's just a Daryl spinoff, but you know, now now they can like name it better. They could. Do you know what they should call it? They should call it uh, like you know, how he's in a motorbikes and he's got like a motorbike show as well on AMC. They should call it Raid of the Walking Dead or something. Like that. <laughs> they could just name it after him now. Just give it a name that fits him and just go from there. Uh, I, I mean, let's be honest. It wasn't going to be a very inventive name anyway on these Walking Dead shows, was it? I don't know. Fear the Walking Dead, like, it doesn't tell me anything about why it's different from the regular Walking Dead show. It's just another generic show. You should be tale. afraid of the Walking Dead. You should be afraid of the Walking Dead in the main show, too! <laughs> <laughs> At least Road to the... more afraid. At least Road of the Walking Dead would tell me, oh, it's more of a journey, this one, and, you know... Well, it's changed from ride to road in the last 30 seconds. Oh, right, right, whatever. Pick your, pick, pick, pick your word that are related to each other. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Norway MC. Or just, actually, I call it the Walking Daryl, just for the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's, that's that little tidbit. I'm glad you had so much fun with it. Um... Next up, uh, an actress has left the boys spin-off, you know, the one that's uh, set at the college with the younger heroes. Um, mm-hmm. Now, this isn't actually that big a... Th- I wouldn't have put this on it just for what it is on its own, because uh, the actress leaving is uh, Raina uh, Hardesty is leaving. Uh, that's not a big deal. You, we don't really know who that is, or who they were playing, really. She's just, but she was one of six that were cast in the six lead roles. The reason why I'm putting this in here is because she's now the third person of the main cast to leave <laughs> and will be recast. Um... It's, it's a bit sketchy on the reasons exactly uh like there may be a creative direction shift i would be curious if maybe like delays from the pandemic maybe led to some actors needing to pull out or something like that or uh but i'm not sure but like half of the cast that were originally announced to be in the show which was a while ago because this was this was before we took our break this was like way back when we were still doing the yeah. news before so um yeah, so I, that was the part that was really worth mentioning rather than who it was, because I, I don't recognize any of these names. But for the record, the other actors who already left were Amy Carrero and Shane Paul McGee. So. Yep, no idea. Yeah, I don't know. But I felt worth mentioning because it was three of them. <laughs> but no. I remember when there was a big casting announcement for these and we went through, because it had like yeah, some vague character descriptions, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, yeah, I don't know anyone in this show. No. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, but... that doesn't mean it's a bad show. Which means we don't know anyone. Yeah. Uh, uh, next up, you're excited for Dune the Sisterhood, the spin-off yeah. show for the Dune film that came out. Uh, so, Johan Rank is going to direct the first two episodes. Who is that, you may ask? Well, he directed... I, I am asking. Well, good. Because he directed the excellent Chernobyl limited series. So this is a great, great pick. What are you wondering about? You know for a fact the direction was a big part of my problem with that show. The direction that show was immaculate. It was fantastic. It, it, it was what I disliked about it. You are such a weirdo. Everyone disagrees we, with you on we this. We have been over this. Uh, yes, I know people are... I know everyone that disagrees with me on this. That's fine. That doesn't mean I have to like it. The lone ginger sitting in the forest on his own next to his little tent 
says Connor's I'm sorry 10. that I have convictions. Connor's ten has shitty opinions and in it Connor sits with his I'm arms folded. I'm telling you to share my opinion. I'm not telling you that I'm right and you're wrong. I'm saying that, that that's what I didn't like about it. Hopefully it rains in this forest and the fire goes out and he's sitting there cold in the tent. Well, screw you. I got one of those little snap pocket things that, you know, heats up when you, you know, when you snap them. <laughs> Don't even know the name of them. <laughs> but you, you got one. The, the, the little hand warmer things, but like a big one. You know, a big one. Uh, I'll, I'll snap it. It'll be fine. It'll be cool. Uh, cool. Be, no, it won't be cool. It'll be warm, damn it. You clearly know your stuff. You sound so confident and you got all the right terminology. Hey, I, I've been camping. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I've been camping once in 2002. Hey, no, I used to go camping like every two weeks. When was the last time you went camping? About a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So, yes. Uh, so, this is the directive they've got for doing the sisterhood. So, there you go. Uh, and then next thing up, um, oh yeah, we're at the the shows now. We're at the comedies. Uh, there's only one comedy actually, but you can. Is it a CBS comedy? No. Oh, that's nice surprise. In fact, I think you're going to quite like this. Do enlighten me. HBO Max has given a ten episode series order to Nunans. Hell yeah. Yes, this is an animated spinoff of the Harley Quinn animated series that's uh, been ongoing. Uh, it comes from the same team of creators, by and large. Um, so yeah, a uh, bunch of them are producing it, including uh, Kelly Kuoko. I probably butchered her name. I'm pretty sure I learned how to name it. It's how to say it at one point, and I've completely forgotten. Uh, but yes, uh, this is based on the characters from DC uh, Noonan's. Uh, revolves around lovable loser Kite Man, voiced by Matt Oberg. And his new squeeze, Golden Glider. He's dating Golden Glider? Uh, who uh, he, he had a whole thing with Ivy. Oh, oh, oh. But he's with Golden Glider now. Yes. From, from the Flash's I, 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 Ivy, uh, Ivy, Ivy left him at the altar for Harley. Oh dear. It was a whole thing. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Moonlight is criminals to support their foolish purchase of Noonan's. Gotham's seediest dive bar where everybody knows your name, but not necessarily your secret identity. That's a nice play in words at the end. That's very good. It's a nice spin on it the is. cheers thing. I I have been they they kind of uh, announced this was you know up for production you know you know like, oh, we we're looking into it a little while ago, and I have been very excited for it ever since because this sounds perfect because the the comedy on that show is already spectacular, mm. it's very funny. Kite Man is brilliant, and all the a lot of the villains in general are just fantastic. So just to see them all kind of coming in and we'll chill in the bar and just do that every episode. Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, just hope Mr. Uh, Warren Discovery doesn't uh, look at his, his sheets in a couple of weeks and goes, you know what, I've changed my mind. <laughs> Axe that new no, animated no, show. Don't, don't let them dare. Can't come near it. Yes. It's but... precious and must be protected. Yes. And I like the idea so much of Mr. Warner Discovery that I am now going to occasionally refer to him whenever it is relevant to... Until you forget next week. <laughs> Until decisions of Warner Discovery come up. I'll, I'll, I'll remember, don't you worry. Mr. Warner oh, Discovery. Yeah, we'll makes all the decisions at Warner Discovery. <laughs> of course he does. Who else is going to do it? <laughs> Alright, on to the dramas then. 
All right, first up, Netflix. <laughs> so don't, don't get attached. Don't get attached. <laughs> Netflix have taken uh, development for, for Confessions. This is a working title. It's a drama series uh, starring and executive produced by the Vampire Diary- Diaries star Paul Wesley. Uh, written and executive produced by Vampire Diaries co-developer and executive and showrunner Julie Pleck. So you'll have to list everything every title they've got like the most relevant one would be fine i think whatever um so yes uh confessions produced by universal television uh oh and aaron kaplan's capital entertainment i like the idea that when i say that the the, the audience say it along with you know i say aaron yeah. kaplan and they all go capital entertainment together you know yeah yeah, you know, you know, Bruce Forsyth has the, the yeah, because Bruce Forsyth, you know, of course, had the happy to see, and then the crowd will go to see you, nice, you know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's our version of that. Ari Kaplan, Capital Entertainment. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's the Confessions, uh, which is based on Jason Smith's nonfiction 2015 article, "The Confessions of a Drug Addicted High School Teacher." Um. Oh, I had one of those. Yeah, Smith's, <laughs> Smith's article chronicles his two-year stint teaching public high school in Northern California. Despite teaching well, uh, and synthesized and and synthesized. I can't say that word. Anesthetized. I, I don't. Know. I haven't got it in front of me. Anesthetized. That sounds right. That sounds. That sounds right. Like putting a th- a th sound next to a z and an s, like all so close together, is just cruel on my tongue. Okay. It's cruel, and I won't stand for it. Just learn English. Anesthetized. I have to slow it down so I can say it properly. Which, uh, which yeah. in turn is not properly, because I've slowed it down. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you nailed it. Let's move on. You can practice for next week. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to practice this. We forget it ever existed. By a heavy dose of prescription narcotics, Jason finds that his uh, brokenness from addiction begins attracting broken students. And in a town obsessed with high school football, he's not alone in his obsession to escape from himself. Sorry, is this about the highs and lows of high school football? American football. Riverdale reference. Ah, oh, I see. I didn't, get, I didn't get it. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. I'm sure someone in our audience did, and someone will have appreciated that. I'm sure they will have. Next, up, you haven't lived until you've experienced the highs and lows of high school football. Shut up. Next up, uh, Dave Eggers' book, The Every, a dystopian story, is uh, uh, works at HBO. Uh, they're going to adapt it into a TV show. Uh, so. Yeah, this is a se- the series follows the world's largest tech company, where I don't know, I think that's maybe who who merges with the planet's duck. It says when was not make any sense? Uh, who merges with the planet's dominant e-commerce site, creating the richest and most dangerous, and oddly enough, the most beloved monopoly ever known, the Every. <laughs> um, it follows Delaney Wells, an unlikely new hire at the Every. A former forest ranger and unwavering tech skeptic, she charms her way into an entry-level job with one goal in mind, to take down the company from within. With her <laughs> compatriot, the not-all-ambitious Wes McKazian, they look for the Every's weakness, 
hoping to free humanity from the all-encompassing surveillance and the emoji, sorry, the emoji-driven infantilization of the species. <laughs> Man, words do not like you today, do they? Infantilization, that's how you say that. The emoji-driven infantilization. That. I've never said it before, though. I, I, who, when have I ever had a reason to whip out someone being in, infantilized? <laughs> infantilized. Clearly you're not hanging out with the right people. <laughs> anyway, but does anyone want what Delaney's fighting for? Does humanity truly want to be free? You can see how this is kind of relevant in today's world with I, uh, yeah. social media and whatnot. Yeah, social media combined with like, like Disney, you know, with you know, the, you know, being so corporate and people hanging their identities on it. Here's the thing. I like what the show, what I think the show is trying to be. I think there's potential in that show, mm-hmm. in the, the idea, the themes. I think that is a terrible description. Sure, it just is full of cliches and just sounds. Sound, I, I can feel it going through the motions in the description. And I'm hoping the show is better than that. Oh, I have a slight uh, amendment to make here. Did you screw up again? This was supposed to be in the comedy section. It's a half hour comedy. <laughs> that changes things. <laughs> that changes things. It does change things. That becomes less interesting for me. Oh, really? I think okay. this. Uh, like it makes sense more with that description because, like I say, oh, it's going through the motions. It's, it's much more. It could be standard. Like, it could still be all very satirical as a comedy, though. You could still say it all could, the points. So. I, I and and, and that, that could be fine. But I think that as a as a well done drama is more interesting to me. Okay, there you go. Uh, next up, Peter V. Brett's international best selling sci fi horror fantasy novel, The Warded Man. Is being developed for TV uh, by Rush Hour and the Hustle producer Roger uh, Birnbaum and Mark Kimsey under their Electromagnetic Productions EMP. Oh, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good acronym. That's good, oh, th- yeah. There you go. Very good. Very good. Very good. I yeah. like that. I like that. They nailed that one. Uh, okay, that, that, that's why. I mean, the Rush Hour TV show was absolute trash fire from that pilot. So let's, let's not hold them responsible for that just yet. Because. <laughs> nope. uh, I happen to be interested in this. Oh, I'm going to read the description here for everyone else to get a, get a, a gist of it. The Warded Man is set in a distant future where humanity is plagued by terrifying demons that emerge at night with supernatural powers and an all-consuming hatred of people. They are barely held at bay by the ancient and magical art of warding. I'm not liking the direction of this. Where, no, I knew you wouldn't. Where locals paint mysterious symbols on houses and posts. What, like... Jenny's a slut and things like that. Yeah, clearly. That's what I've seen painted on a house before. They, uh, they just, they just, they, look, what they do is they just draw memes. Okay. It's the power of meme. All right. Okay. Uh, with the fate of humanity hanging by a thread, one man takes it further, tattooing his body with the lost battle wards to teach humanity how to fight back from the verge of extinction. It is part one of a five-part part, part book. Uh, the first book so if this does get picked up and becomes a success then there's a nice simple five season plan potentially for it yeah I've uh, I've got a handful of books by this author including this one waiting to be read in my stack of books that is my to read pile that just gets bigger and bigger and somehow 
even though I'm constantly reading them. I don't know. I got a problem. I keep buying books. But um yeah, I, I, this this is in my pile, so definitely interested. Um I'm not surprised that that these sort of things again, TV shows, you know, that's it's easy. It's it not not that it's easy to adapt because obviously a lot of them fail, but it's easy to see, oh, you've got so much material there, right? You know, hey, here's a five book saga. You know, it's it's there's an easy, nice plan that you can kind of just roll out. Yeah, yeah. Uh is this sitting under above this in the pile is 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 Gingers by Kieran Dodds like above it on the list? It's not. I literally just googled book about Gingers so I could have a book to use for my job. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you couldn't think of a better one than just Gingers. I, I thought it was funny. This book called it's a very serious book, but the looks of it, it's about. From Europe's Celtic French to the Caribbean, Scottish photographer Kieran Dodds, stunning portraits. Oh, it's, it's just portraits. It's not even a book. It's, well, it's a book. I was going to say. But it's not. Yeah. It's not a written book. It's a book of photos. There's a few examples here of gingers. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's what we really need in the world. More <laughs> pictures of gingers. I mean, I've seen what they look like before. So, I mean, I'm, it's not too shocking to me, but. No, I mean, you are from Scotland. I should hope you've seen gingers. <laughs> you must have led a very sheltered life, if not. Oh, dear. I'm also looking at a ginger right now. Well, there's that too. I was, I was kind of... I, I, I'm assuming you'd met some before me, to yes, be quite honest. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I, I have met, I've met a few gingers in my time, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's typically one or two per, per class in school, I'd say, on average. Yeah, we, we probably have maybe two or three per year in, in my school. Okay. okay. But, a bit less, but but that's to be expected. You, you know, you're in ginger territory. Aye, but Ireland's more ginger territory than Scotland is, I'd say. It is, it is, yeah. Yes. We're, we're number two for gingers. Ireland's number yeah. one. Yeah. Never heard of a Caribbean be, be ginger. I'd be, I'd be curious of that. I haven't either. That's, that's, that's maybe, maybe maybe you should check out this book and find out. <laughs> it, 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 the thing is, though, it's it's all just like you know, Ginger standing in front of a plain black background with really dramatic lighting being photographed. <laughs> that's all it is. It's just really dramatic photos of gingers. It's like they're not even in the wild. Your birthday's coming up, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is a mere few weeks away. Yes, yes. Uh, that's good. Right. Present. <laughs> That's very present I would enjoy. I don't know if I want the book of gingers though. <laughs> I feel like the book of gingers would uh, enrich your life. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, technically this is not a, a new show announcement, but it's a, uh, we've not talked about it before. Uh, so I thought I'd throw this bit of casting here with the description of the show together into the new section, uh, which is Christian Slater has joined the FX limited series. Fleischman is in trouble. Um. He's going to join a cast that already includes Jesse Eisenberg, Lizzie Kaplan, and Claire Danes. So, pretty noble talent list on this one. When, when, as much as I love Christian Slayer, don't get me wrong, but, but when he is probably like, you know, on the bottom end of your talent pile here, mm-hmm. that's a pretty stacked show. Yeah. Yeah, if it's just him, then it could be Alone in the Dark. By Uva Bowl. Yeah. Which wasn't just him, admittedly, it was also Tara Reid, but I mean, star power there is a bit <laughs> wavering. Hey, that was around the time Tara Reid still had star power. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is based on um, 
the the debut best-selling novel by Taffy Brodesser Ackner. Uh, so the story centers on recently separated forty-something Toby Fleischman, played by Eisenberg. Forty-something. He's a forty-something now. God, we're getting old. Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. He was like a he was like a college kid in the the, the, the social network like a decade ago. He is thirty-eight. It's close enough you can pass for it. Yeah, but I'm still thinking of him as the the hotshot 17 to 20 year old. Well, I wasn't necessarily thinking about that, but I still certainly thought he was, you know. No, but if I picture him in my head, he is sure. still like... Well, that's because he feels like he's been playing the same character for the last 15 years. Yeah, but like in my head, if I, if I think of him, it is Social Network, Zombieland. Aye. Not mid-40s, you know, getting up to that, like, like 40-something. You'll have an existential crisis there reading that. 40-somethings, <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, uh, have you ever felt so old? Jeez. Uh, I mean, I know he's older than me, so I guess it makes sense that, like, he will be hitting it sooner rather than later, but, like, it just... I just wasn't ready to have, for him hit the screen as a 40-something. aware of your own mortality. Aye. Uh, luckily, I'm still very much in my early 30s, thank you very much, even after the birthday, so... Uh... Mm. <laughs> yeah. you, literally, I, you literally argue for years that you weren't in your mid-20s yet. And, oh, I, right. I am only just in my mid-20s. What do you mean only just in your mid-20s? <laughs> Alright, I'm, I'm coming out of my mid-20s. <laughs> I'm still in my mid-20s. Mid-20s is 24, 25, 26. That's your mid-20s, that's it. No. <laughs> Okay, but if you're saying mid twenties is still the years before and after that, then technically, then you can't say that I'm. Well, I suppose you could say I'm coming out of my early thirties, but I wouldn't agree that I'm coming out of my early thirties. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you're coming out of your early thirties. Ah, uh, yeah, whatever. This your broken scale is the problem here. Anyway, forty something Toby Fleischman. Yep. Who dives into a brave new world of app based dating. <laughs> With the kind of success he never had dating in his youth, before he got married at the tail end of his medical school tenure. But just at the start of his first summer of sexual freedom, his ex-wife Rachel, played by Danes, disappears, leaving him with the kids and no hint of where she is or whether she plans to return. As he balances parenting, the return of old friends, a promotion at the hospital that is a long time coming, and all the eligible women in Manhattan that has to offer... He realizes he'll never be able to figure out what happened to Rachel until he can take a more honest look at what happened to their marriage in the first place. Um, yeah, Claire Danes feels more forty something, just based on like the sort of thing she was in in the mid two thousands. Yeah, she she feels more like that age. Is this the first time where it's usually it's the actress who's the younger one because they want they just be like, oh, we got a hotter actress, a younger actress sort of thing. It's usually a really sexist thing. This actually feels like the first time I've seen it done the other way around where. It's the guy that happens to be a bit younger. It's definitely not the first time, because I remember there was something last year with a really like, notable example. I can't remember what it was now for life, but I remember reading like headlines Oh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's examples, but it's, it's definitely not the common way around. It, it's not. Just for, for, for reference, she's 43. Aye, so yeah. She's, she's a, about five years older than him. So yeah, she's a 40-something. Yeah, so that, that tracks in my head. That feels right, given yeah. when she was in... I don't like to think about Terminator 3, but... What we're saying is she played more mature roles than he did. 
Well, that's because he doesn't come off as mature in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> no. You know, if Michael's... It's going to be really hard to, to buy him in this, isn't it? Yeah, if Michael Sarah uh, was busy, then you know Jesse Eisenberg could have been Scott Pilgrim. Let's just <laughs> let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It would have been a worse movie for it. Worse? Oof, geez. How uh, dare you? What <laughs> <laughs> does it bear thinking about? Jeez. It is a perfect movie as it is. All We're right. moving on before before I have to deal with that face. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, so next up on, on the docket here, Hulu's Order series, We Were the Lucky Ones, a limited series from Old 320 Sycamore and 20th te Television. Uh, it's based on Georgia Hunter's bestseller about a Jewish family separated at the start of World War II yet determined to reunite. Uh, it's an eight-episode limited series. Uh, I don't see you cracking any jokes at this one. It's a very serious topic. Do you want me to try? Please don't. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so this this is someone writing about her own family. Uh, you know, there's, there's a bit of an interview piece here that talks about her, like, finding out when she was a teenager that she came from a family of Holocaust survivors and, you know, her exploration of that. So, um, obviously, it's, uh, you know, you, you can kind of see the potential here and a very... Uh, emotional, hard-hitting, limited series. Uh, Joey King will star on the project. Now, who is Joey King, you may ask? I know who she is. You know who she is? I'm pretty sure I do, yeah. Yeah, I know who she is too, but, but I mean... I, when I say you, you may ask, I don't necessarily mean you. <laughs> I mean, usually you do. <laughs> I, I'm speaking to the audience. Uh, you might know her from the, the hit horror film, Wish Upon. <laughs> I think that's what that was called. That's not what it was called. I had a really stupid name. Uh, a really stupid ending, rather. Uh, I think it was called Wish Upon. She was also in like the first Conjuring, I think, if I remember right. And she's been in a couple other things like yeah. that. But, uh, yeah. So, she's uh, going to be in this. Uh, there you go. It's a Hulu show. Cool. I haven't seen a Hulu show in a while. Hmm. How long has it been... <laughs> Right, we're done here. We've wrapped it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late in the day for this. Sometimes you know you've got a great stinker, and you just you're going to do it anyway. It's the pause of like, oh god, what's he got? <laughs> All right, next up, HBO Max, uh, docu-series The Way Down, God, Greed, and the Cult of Gwen Shamblin is going to be adapted into a scripted series. Um, uh, also, HBO Max, naturally. Uh, so, um, yeah, this is uh, Ross Dinnerstein's Campfire Studios and Chrissy Teigen's Huntley Productions, who produced the docu-series uh, on the cult-like figure Gwen Shamblin Lara, who rose to fame with her Way Down Workshop, a Christian-based diet program, and founded the Remnant Fellowship Church. Uh, so they're working on an adaptation. Um, the Way Down was the legacy of Remnant's infamous leader, and the second part examines the mysterious circumstances surrounding the cause of the crash and investigation into her into the aftermath, including news stories uh, from former survivors, 
who felt compelled to share their experience. Uh, she was described as being like a cult leader and like all, you know, that crazy type of character. Um, yeah, so they're in talks with high profile actors. I, I imagine it's, it may be a big v- starring vehicle for someone to play a character like this, I'd say. Sounds like a Ward's bait. Yeah, it? a charismatic figure with carefully curated image who was accused of emotional, psychological, and physical abuse and exploitation. I guarantee you this person gave speeches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like monologues. Uh, and any actor is like, oh, I want to give those. Very possibly, yeah. So uh, they're developing this into a, an actual scripted limited series. Makes sense. Um, she has very memorable hair going by these images. Good so, to know. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Uh, which leads us on to our final story of the week. And somehow... Connor has dodged CBS. No CBS, but I did have to drink twice today, so... Oh, there you go. Uh, the only CBS thing I remember seeing is, like, some actor is going to be a regular on Young Sheldon Season 6. It's, they've been promoted to a regular. And Ooh, my thought was... Thrilling. I was like, Season 6 already? <laughs> and, and, yeah, here we are talking about it, despite you skipping that new story. So I'd tell you, I thought you'd be mildly interested. I wasn't. And speaking on behalf of the audience, because in case that was a, a you, the audience, they weren't either. You don't know that. I think they enjoyed they you being tortured with that. Uh, so yeah, a true crime story of the the murders, the which includes money, power, family drama, corruption, local politics, drugs, and murder, is going to be the subject of a new drama series, which is in development at UCP, which is a Universal Cable Productions. In case you're not familiar with that acronym. Uh, Michael D. Fuller from Lock and Key and Erin Lee Carr from Brittany vs. Spears. I assume that was about her fighting her father in the legal system. I'll uh, assume so, yeah. Well, create, write, and executive produce the series based on journalist Mandy Matney's popular Murder Murders podcast. So oh, we got a podcast uh, adaptation happening here. The series aims to be a definitive account of Alex Murdoch's stranger-than-fiction family drama based on countless hours of reporting by Matney, as well as exhaustive insider knowledge from privileged sources. Alex Murdaugh, a member of the prominent South Carolina Murdaugh legal family, has faced dozens of embezzlement and other criminal charges. He has named a person of interest in the gruesome murder of his wife and son, and alleged co-conspirator with his uh, oxidone supplier, and assisted suicide and insurance fraud attempts. Additionally, Alex's sons and other members of the family have been linked to two deaths, and the death of his housekeeper is being investigated as suspicious. So very eventful surroundings with it, this. It dude. sounds absolutely wild as real events. Yes. I, I don't know how much I care to watch a TV show dramatizing it. Depends how charismatic or interesting the guy is at the center of it all. That, that's fair. But like to, for, for me personally, I just like that being that wild. Just, just like, I, I just, I just, just I want to read and just like just read, let me read the the reality of what the hell happened and you what the, this guy is. You want the wiki page, not TV. On the wiki page, yeah, <laughs> basically, I, I want I want the wiki page at four a.m. after I've had a couple of drinks. Hmm. Okay. Uh. So yeah. Uh. There you go. That's the final final story. Uh, no network attached to that one. It's just UCP. So USA Network's the most likely place, but they could also make it for somewhere else if they want to. Yeah, it's not going on sci-fi, is it? Well, no, of course not. But uh, there you go. That's the news. That is the, the TV news. 
Uh, I have survived. I'd ask you what your favorite story of the week was, but it's probably going to be that animated spin-off. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, that and the uh, the Warded Man. That, that, that was probably my next one. Oh, you're if, if, I, if, I, if I can't pick the Harley Quinn spin-off. I never said you couldn't pick it. Oh, fine. Yeah. But that, that would have been the cliche easy answer. That was the other one was something that interests me. Yeah, my favorite story this week is the Dune Sisterhood story because it upset you. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I was looking forward to that show. Don't know why, but I was. I'm still a little bit uh, iffy on it because I'm not necessarily sure how much I care about that mythology side of it, but I will say this is a good director and it will definitely be better than it would have been before because of his inclusion. Mm. Mm. I think we should campaign to get Connor in the next book of Gingers when it's, uh, when it's in production. I think I let people take my picture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message the photographer and say, I've got a prime... Ginger. <laughs> I, I don't, like, I don't think you understand how few pictures there are of me. Despite the fact that I, there are probably hundreds of hours of me sat on camera. Probably thousands at this point, to be honest. Pro- probably. That I'm fine with. Pictures? No, don't do them. Mm. Just, just for context, I've been with Paige over 10 years. I can count the amount of pictures we're in together probably on my hands. I bet you had to buckle and do those that handful of pictures, though. Oh, every single one of them. Yeah. Yes, you had no say in the matter. It was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, 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 there are like, you know, occasions where I'm like, yes, okay, fine. I, I suppose I have to have a picture here. <laughs> We're at a wedding. I just want to duck and not be in the photos. <laughs> Literally, one of them is her dad's wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do not do pictures. I despise it. So if you have to uh, run, in, run into Connor uh, on your out the bouts, you want an autograph or something, make sure you ask for a photo and insist. Insist on a photo. Uh, just don't blame me if I smash your phone. <laughs> insist on a photo and say, do it or I'll tell everyone online that you're awful. And Everyone knows that anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Somewhat true. <laughs> Oh well, there you go. That is uh, this week's TV news. Thank you very much for joining us. You can, of course, head over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash TV and support everything we do for as little as a dollar per month and keep all the content coming. Uh, of course, check out the various TV things that went out this week. Uh, obviously, we had another Star Trek. Uh, the top five episodes of Star Trek Next Generation Season 5 went out this week uh, for everyone. Controversial list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, interesting list. Doesn't necessarily meet the average uh, favourite episodes of that season. So, go and have a look at that. Uh, I reviewed the first episode of We Own This City, the new HBO show, uh, this week, so check that out. Uh, of course, you can check out the episode of Picard when it goes up, and uh, the new Babylon 5 that we did, uh, me and Tara. Soul. Oh, Berger, of course, yeah, Berger Soul. Uh, yeah. Which is me the and Connor. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that is definitely the exciting thing uh, week to week. I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not used to us having another show that we're reviewing together. Uh, uh-huh. going out. It's weird, isn't it? So yeah, that's up, and uh, you can check out the episode three review of that right now. And of course, as always, I will poke you over to the Mail Fuzz Movies channel to go check out the movie podcast, Screams After Midnight, and the Atomic Cinema Experiment for long, in-depth discussions on various movies. Uh, in fact, uh, the bonus episodes that go up in Patreon just went up for both of those shows. Uh, so just in case you're curious. The, and it's $1 you get access to all these bonus episodes that go up monthly. 
The Screams bonus episode was the 2021 film Karen. About Is it what I think it is? It is a horror movie. Well, kind of. It's more of a thriller. Uh, made by BET about a middle-aged white woman named Karen who Shocked. harasses her new black neighbours. That That is what the film is. It is. Oh, yes. It's exactly what you think it is. Yes. It is laughable. I kind of recommend it as a bad movie. Uh, it does lose a bit of steam in the back half, but it is, is a lot of funny stuff in the first half. Uh, and then the film, the bonus movie on the Atomic Sam Experiment this month was Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe, which is a film starring Jesse the Body Ventura. Because how do you follow up Predator and The Running Man as your film career? You do Abraxas. Sounds like it's a underrated gem. I also Forgotten classic. I also recommend this as a bad movie, uh, especially because I think the villain is hilarious. Uh, so... Go check those out. <laughs> thank you, Caitlin. Uh, but that'll wrap up uh, the TV News Podcast. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?